The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Deep Soul Dialogue with Nellie Loth. Discover the truth of who you really are. Hi again, my name is Nellie and you're listening to Deep Soul Dialogue. We're part of the Superpower Network and this is the Superpower of the Soul Channel. You know, I love doing these podcasts. And I'm very grateful that you listen and that I get to share my experiences. My hope that through this sharing, it encourages you to look at the grace and the gift of your life, to look at everything in your life from the view of a phenomenal classroom that you can choose what you want to study, as if you have the choice to study anger, fear, hate, or anger. You can study divisiveness, but I think we already got PhDs in that. (laughs) You can study being right and wrong, but I think we have advanced degrees in that as well. Or we can say, I think I'm going to study something different. I'm going to use my life to study the great teachings of all the teachers you love. Mine was certainly a challenge to study and to know the teachings of Christ. I really loved Jesus, but I had trouble with any ideology that suggested my way or the highway through any religion. I had great trouble with that. But my love for my faith and Christ led me to keep going beyond the walls of the churches I was raised in to go beyond the walls of a cloistered life and to find a more spacious mind and world in which this very love I was raised to really understand and believe in could include everyone. I'm really grateful for that. And today I want to talk about, again, I'm on a path here, or we're on a roll, looking at some of the impact of studying with the Buddhist tradition, it had a great impact on me. I really loved it. But you had to understand, I really love this teacher, my root lama. In Tibetan Buddhism, my lineage is Deacon Kagyu, and my teacher, Kenjin Konchak Gyaltsen Rinpoche, is a phenomenal master. I'll tell you this, though, he never let it on. In the years... I had the privilege, one monk said the good karma, of being his driver. I only saw a very humble and consistent human being who took and was present to every interaction, who took each interaction and demonstrated what he taught. He was always compassionate and kind, but also fierce. There's a fierceness about Kenshin, which means a deep dedication to the truth. A fierceness requires our capacity to break through the deeply entrenched ideas and thoughts we have, to break through the deeply entrenched ideologies 
And that comes from years and years and years of habitual thoughts. Breaking through that, you have to be pretty fierce. And Kenshin was and remains a fierce master teacher. I'm really grateful for him in my life. And I feel he, Christ, Ramana Maharshi, these are these Satgurus. I always invite them into my life. I have pictures of them in here in my simple space I live in to remind me every day that they reflect something within me that I'm aspiring to attain and to maintain. These outer teachers raise the bar and keep asking me, reach beyond. Reach beyond who you think you are. Discover the truth of who you really are. And so here at Deep Soul Dialogue, that's what we do. The monologue is really a way in which we try to unearth the deep seeds in you, the deep seeds planted that now want to come to fruition. You want to be joyful. It's your nature. You want to be who you really are, which is to be happy. But your happiness comes from knowing who you already are. It will never be attained by the acquisition of anything in the world. So I want to share a simple experience that was really profound that I had with Kenshin years ago. And as I get ready to do so, we'll take a break here just for a few moments. I think if it was in the old-fashioned TVs, we would say for station identification. Some of you remember that. I hope you just stay here right where you are, and I'll be right back. The Superpower Experience goes way beyond the podcast. Listeners can connect with hosts and one another inside the Superpower Universe Plus membership. Members get access to high-vibe connections, Superpower Masterclasses, and much, much more. Don't wait another moment to step into your superpowers. Go to superpowerexperts.com and sign up today. Hi again. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. This is Nellie at Deep Soul Dialogue, and I want to tell you a story of an experience I had with this great Rinpoche. So Kenshin and I would remain silent. And that would mean as I'm driving, I learned very quickly, we're not going to chit-chat. I had the privilege of driving this masterful being, and he would be sitting in perfect stillness beside me in the car. But in fact, there was something palpable. It was as if he functions at a different frequency than I, than I do. And his frequency, this power within him is so strong that it would both come against my frequency, my small mind, clanking along, a noisy gong. And I'd have to adjust myself. It would be both uncomfortable, but then I would start to move in synchronicity with his mind. I got used to being quiet with him. Perfect silence, not self-conscious, going to a restaurant, sitting quietly without being self-conscious. It was a profound teaching 
in and of itself. And all through this, I would often sit in the back of a hall and just watch him. I was just watching. It's as if I had to make sure he was the real deal. I wasn't interested in being a Buddhist. I wasn't interested in orange robes. And in fact, at that time, I was practicing through a Hindu tradition with a different guru. I was still very much honoring the teachings of Christ through Catholicism. I see no conflict in the underlying principles of these paths. And yet, there was this quality that he kept demonstrating by his silent presence of what compassion really is. So he's very skillful. And eventually I was in a retreat with Kenshin there at the Tibetan Meditation Center in Frederick, Maryland, up on Gambles Park Road years ago. And I went to do this retreat and I even got to stay in the property, the monks had a llama's house, and I got to stay in what really was a shed. What a privilege. I got to be there at night. I hardly slept. We don't go there to sleep. You don't go to a retreat to sleep. You go to wake up. And he would be giving teachings on all kinds of ways to look at compassion and wisdom and look at our thoughts and mind and the nature of reality. Constantly pointing out that this world that appears real is not real but a dream. There is an indestructible nature to the mind, indestructible compassion, wisdom, love. Indestructible. That's very hard to grasp. When you're in a body and you see all the destruction around you, but still, he is encouraging us to keep returning to the center of our being, to the heart, to the diamond jewel of the mind that rests right here in the center of my chest. Sort of center of this body is an open space. So I'm sitting, you know, in hour after hour. And you know, it is hard because they have a language where there's an accent and you have to really be paying attention. And really the, the Lama, the Rinpoche is saying the same thing over and over in a different way, just as I am saying the same thing over and over, over through these different stories. And you know, I was already deeply concerned with how can I help other humans. I'd always been interested in human service, not as a sacrifice, but as a way to enhance my life. I'd rather be here helping and to serve humanity. It enriches my own life. It's a selfish thing. The Dalai Lama says compassion is very selfish, for it is what we give to others that we give to ourselves. So we're in this retreat, and I'm staying in this little shed and I went off the mountain, drove down to Bob Evans. Yes, I was not sitting under the banyan or Bodhi tree. I was sitting at a counter at Bob Evans when I had a profound insight. So in those days, decades ago, I was 
reading my newspaper, having my coffee, and waiting for my breakfast. And there was a story about a famine in Africa, a horrible famine, and these pictures of distended bellies on these beautiful little humans who are starving. And I'd been sitting and contemplating compassion for days and days. My heart's breaking. And of course, that means my heart's breaking open. And what really struck me was that the food that the United States was sending to alleviate this famine arrived too late. And many, many people died of starvation. I was stunned. What could I do about this? And in that moment, I knew. I must stabilize my own mind in order to use my mind and its great quality of bodhicitta, loving kindness, compassion, joy, equanimity. I must cultivate these qualities of an awakened mind, bodhicitta. This was the most important thing I could do. Because then wherever I am, the mind that is joined with all other minds is communicating, extending this great truth of compassion and wisdom. I cannot tell you, but I hope you feel it, what that meant to me. It meant the world wasn't hopeless, that there was hope if I stay and remain committed to awakening to trying to wake myself out of this nightmare of birth, death, suffering, and aging. And I knew I'm not an enlightened being, but as long as I have the aspiration, that aspiration itself can take everything I do and bless it. Wherever you are, wherever you're sitting and hearing this, Our minds can impact other minds, and then our actions reflect that awakened mind or that aspiration. I went back to the retreat, and I'm sitting in the back of the hall. And I do remember saying and raising my hand, and I said, Kenshin, I don't know how to thank you for these teachings. At breakfast, I was reading a horrible story of such suffering. And I knew in a moment, in a flash, because I've been sitting here at your feet and listening to the best of my ability to your teaching and the integration you have of this Dharma, my mind awoke enough to know that the best thing I can do is to cultivate compassion in order to serve others, and my voice broke. I paused. I was moved as I am in this moment, and I said, I don't know how to thank you. But then he said, thank you for coming. That was so profound. I'm sitting in the presence of a living Buddha and a very, very humble one. And he's thanking me for coming. This is a sign of a great teacher. 
This is the sign of a very great master. For they see in all beings the nature of the Buddha. They see the guru. They see the self. They see the creator. So this encouraged me on these practices, and it led to another experience that only enhances this concept, this idea, this teaching, this experience, that if I awaken to the mind of compassion, I may be able to help someone suffering somewhere. I don't need to be in charge of it. The awakened mind is like a light that goes on in a very dim place. And the more that these lights come on, the more those in the dark see their way out. This is a great thing to aspire to. This is a great thing to use. You don't have to change anything with your outer life. Just change your mind about your life and about you. Eventually, I had the privilege of going to Sweden, to Stockholm, where the same great Lama, Kenshin, was giving a teaching on a great yogi. Well, my favorite. I'd known him since I was 16 years old. And this is the great yogi known as Mila Repa. Mila Repa. Look, Milarepa started as a sort of bad guy because his family had been robbed by relatives. They lost everything, and he became really, really angry and upset. I mean, he'd had it. He was going to get back and master these black, dark arts. He was going to get back at every family member that robbed his family. And then he realizes, well, that doesn't lead to anything. Vengeance doesn't really lead to happiness. And he meets a great master, Marpa the translator, and eventually, over many, many, many years, he conquers the mind, meaning he becomes an and he becomes, hey, the bell rang. He becomes an awakened being. And he has conquered the mind in such a way that he himself is a Buddha. Overcoming such darkness, which tells us we can all overcome our minds if we dedicate our minds, no matter how dark we appear, no matter what we've done, it doesn't matter your story or your history. Milarepa tells us and teaches it can be overcome. Find the teacher, do the practices, be steadfast. So this is what we're contemplating there in Stockholm, Sweden. And one day, Kenshin wanted to go to the store. And I would take him to buy cheese and a few other things. And I loved that, just being with him in an ordinary way. And another time, Kenshin, his great Ani, a Western nun, who has been instrumental in translating and publishing his many books, the couple hosting Kenshin and all of us for this retreat on Milarepa. We were walking in downtown Stockholm. And we're going past this huge castle that everybody likes to see. Everybody wants to go look at the castle. And I remember really clearly, very clearly thinking to myself, it's just another pile of dust. Structured in a way that looks pretty, but it's still made of the same elements of every other house, hovel, structure, 
doesn't mean anything to me. And it wasn't judging anyone who wanted to see the castle, but that realization was stunning. And my teacher, this master who seems to read minds, says to me, Ah, you don't want to look at that castle. And I turned to him and pointing to his heart, I said, No, show me that one. And he did. Kenton Rinpoche showed me the interior castle of the heart. He showed me it is not unique to Nelly. It is the most, most beautiful and sacred structure. Everything on the outside is temporary, impermanent, and passes. You may be living in a mansion, a one-bedroom apartment, a room in a basement. You may be in an RV these days. But the truth of who you are is that you become from a royal and dynastic truth. All beings without exception. Remember? All beings without exception. Deep Soul Dialogue today is speaking of this one great Lama who inspired in this host a desire to build a structure to compassion, love, kindness, to cultivate it within my heart by removing the obstacles to the awareness of its reality. Take down the old walls, open the shutters, unlock the doors, be who you already are. To discover the truth of who you really are, Remove the barrier. Notice the mind that is not compassionate as we spoke of the language in love, the language of love on the last podcast. Speaking the language of love, you cultivate this compassion. And you will find, as I did earlier in this podcast, when I said, knowing that just awakening my mind and putting that into action in my small world can impact someone on the other side of the world, gave purpose and hope to me. I can make a difference. I am not insignificant, nor are you. But also this idea that this castle, this structure, and many, many rooms and furniture they're saving through centuries it's still impermanent and made of the same substance of the room that I live in, here in this basement, in this wonderful home, five miles from the Blue Ridge Parkway. The real castle is within. And when you go there and sit and becoming still, you will find the power of your own mind. And in those moments, you become the one, the instrument for someone else's liberation. 
That's all I wanted to share. I could go on and on. It's always to encourage you to remember the truth of who you are is already established and it's unchanging. If we spend as much time renovating the interior space, imagine the difference. If I cultivate the aspiration to serve and alleviate suffering for others, in that aspiration, I've alleviated my own. I'm not just thinking, oh, woe is me. I forget my problems and say, how can I be of service to any and everyone except by awakening? I mean, this is amazing. And again, when I saw that castle, and even in this moment, it's as if I'm saying, renovate the interior. At least remove those tiny little shutters that are covering in a, a vast space. It's almost as if you simply put your hands over your eyes and say, I'm in a dark room I can't see. The renovation means remove the obstacles to the awareness you are of a royal dynastic truth or principle. And we come together in these episodes to encourage every single person to awaken to that. I hope these stories inspire you and encourage you to become who you already are. I hope they encourage you to renovate the interior space of your heart. Live there because it's the greatest comfort and joy. I hope these podcasts encourage you to cultivate great compassion because we need you. You are the light of the world. When you light up your heart, you are the prodigal daughter, the prodigal son. When you return to where you began, home. So my name is Nellie. I hope you visit my website, Cherish Heart Center. You can find me at Amazon. The little writings that I've done to share what I hope are my experiences as I'm doing on this podcast. The Superpower Network and the Superpower of the Soul Channel. You're listening to Deep Soul Dialogue. And I can't wait to see you next time. And always, my hands at Namaskar, I honor the sacred divine within you. And humbly and gratefully, I thank you for being here. Have a fabulous day. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.